Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Canberra Football Show, episode 90, Big 9-0, reviewing everything from round 17. We say this most weeks, but there is a lot to get into today, a lot to be unpacked as we are nearing that final round of the regular season. Also on the show today, Chris Webb, Webby, our CPL expert, is back to discuss uh, CPL with us in the last segment, as always, and what a great time to have him back on when that is really, really heating up the top, uh, the promotion race, the top four race, and that uh, last place race all heating up. So it's a great time to have him back. Glad that time it can work out. Uh, otherwise, Michael, uh, Georgeski joining me as always. How's it going today? And uh, as we record this on a Monday night, big, big match for the Matildas against Denmark and a much improved performance, wasn't it, before we get into our MPL today? Yeah, it was certainly in their last match, Matt, against uh, Canada. They were definitely a lot better than what they were in the yeah. match before that against Nigeria. So a big bounce back for the Matildas. And hopefully they can continue that sort of form and even replicate the same scoreline. I'm sure every Australian will be happy w- with with that. Uh, maybe not a 4-0 scoreline, but just a win, however they, they get it to move to the quarterfinal stage so we'll wait and see what happens but it's going to be a great game nevertheless i'm very excited to sort of see how the matildas do in that match and obviously aside from matilda's action that's on the horizon matt we had obviously canberra croatia playing in the uh, australian cup uh, they were on the wrong end of the result but nevertheless great to see a Canberra representative side at this stage of the competition, like always getting that exposure to the game in another state, another format as well. So congratulations to Canberra Croatia, even though they didn't get the result, they still did the capital proud. They put in a good Good performance. And a lot of people were out as well. They had a decent amount of players out um, just from when I was watching the match also. And also up against MPL New South Wales is always going to be tough. So like you said, uh, a good performance uh, from Croatia and um, a good experience for them. And I'm sure they're going to be hoping to be back uh, soon and uh, try and replicate that, especially with a possible second division on the horizon for either them or Gungahlin. So I'm sure it'll weave in some way for one of those clubs, whoever gets picked, if any get picked. Yeah, that's that's certainly right. That's a good point that you raised there, Matt. So I guess the more experience that they can get against, you know, oppositions of these sort of calibers across the country will definitely give them the sort of experience and exposure that they need for the potential of the second division, which, you know, isn't too far away and obviously is still in the works for the future. So we'll wait and see what happens there. Nevertheless, Matt, we'll move into MPL action now where it's West Canberra Wanderers up against the Monaro Panthers. It was the away team who got a 3-1 victory in this one. It was Harvey with a double, Saruti with a goal. And for West Canberra, it was Woodawiss on the score sheet for the hosts. So it's a big victory for Monaro in terms of their top four status. Matt, after defeating the winless West Canberra Wanderers. You know, the big highlight and talking point for this game for me was certainly former West Canberra player Bo Harvey on the score sheet twice for Monaro to haunt his former club in this game. You know, he opened the scoring in the 37th minute when he was at the right place at the right time to tap home an effort from close range. He would then go on to score his second goal of the game 
game and double Monaro's advantage in the 58th minute after another cross from Joe Lawless found Harvey to slot home the ball into the back of the net. But Woodowis pulled one back for the hosts, netting directly off a corner and perhaps getting the luck he didn't get when he struck the posts on a few occasions against Tigers in round 16. So a little bit of good fortune there for him. However, the Panthers would have the last laugh, Matt, in this contest when Saruti scored in injury time to make it 3-1 after taking a nice touch from Archie McGregor's cross and finish past Teleski in the West Canberra goal. So in terms of what this result means for the league table, it now means Monaro are in the top four on 28 points following a result that went their way that, Matt, you'll get into shortly while West Canberra continued to edge closer and closer, Matt, to that relegation zone as they sit bottom of the league on zero points. So like we have talked about in recent episodes, there's not that much time left for West Canberra to sort of turn things around. It has to literally be now or never where they start getting some points on the board or they'll be playing CPL football next season. Matt, do you want to get into our next match? I sort of touched on what this result meant for the league table, but it was a very, very good performance from the away side in this one. It was uh, Canberra Olympic against Gungahlin United. Three one winners Canberra Olympic were in this one. I was com- commentating this one with uh, Paolo Celestino. It was a great match to commentate on. Uh, in terms of the match, Olympic opened the scoring early on in the ninth minute as Nick Popovich dinked a tantalizing ball over the top of the defender for Adam Neu to run onto and put it past the keeper. Adam Neu scored once again as Nick Popovich put a through, sort of a through ball around the side of the defender. Neu ran um, around onto it and uh, hit it across the keeper for his brace and his third goal of the season. Also a brace of assists there for Nick Popovich today. Olympic had the better of the, of the first half. Uh, in my opinion, they mostly won all their challenges uh, and r- they really put pressure on Gunners to give up the ball in the middle of the park and high up the pitch, as we saw uh, for a couple of their goals. In that first half, Gunners struggled to get their forwards uh, into the game uh, in the first stanza. Gunners responded well, though, in the second half as they were more solid defensively, and they found a way to get their forwards more involved into the matchup. They halved the deficit as Sam Habtamarian whipped in a cross, which took a slight deflection off uh, which took a slight deflection off the defender, which Max Green followed through with the run and put it past the keeper. This is Max Green's 16th goal of the campaign. He leads the MPL top scorer charts uh, by five go- goals over uh, tied second place of Nick Tanesky and Rocco Stricker. Uh, when it seemed like Garland were building momentum in the second half, Olympic hit back in the 76th minute uh, with their final goal, with the final goal of the match, Luca McCall won the ball high up the pitch. Like I mentioned in the first half, a uh, decent amount of this, this on the day, and he beat uh, Noah Cross at the near post to make it 3 1. So, overall, tough loss for Gungalan as they remain in fifth place, one point behind Monaro. However, uh, both Monaro and Gungalan obviously have that uh, game in hand. Well, I, th- I believe it's half a uh, one half in hand due to that abandon. Uh, match so both sides have the opportunities for either Monaro to open the gap between them and Gunners or for Gunners to retake 
over Monaro. So good opportunity for both sides there um, to do just that. Uh, improved performance in the second half for Gungalan. However, just that first half, uh, Olympic really took advantage. Uh, in terms of Gunga- uh, Olympic, though, like I mentioned, great, great first half, especially uh, a great performance all round. And uh, most importantly, good bounce back win after last week's loss to O'Connor. Not that there is any shame in losing to O'Connor, especially at the moment. They're just uh, on fire. And and uh, what this does mean for the table, though, is it means that they've won three out of the last four. Uh, so they're really picking up form at the right time of the season, our Canberra Olympic. They're tied second with Tigers, uh, but Tigers do have the edge on goal difference by a single goal. And Tigers... As of when this comes out on Tuesday night, they will be playing against Canberra, Croatia. So that might change depending on what happens there. If Tigers win or they draw, they'll be above uh, Olympic. But if they lose to Canberra, Croatia, then it'll stay. They'll stay tied second with Olympic for this round. So as of this recording, there will be a bit. Uh, um, there will be a bit more, but we'll discuss that in just a little bit. Michael, next up, we have uh, one of the teams I mentioned in that review, O'Connor Knights, continue the role. Uh, They're creeping closer and closer to that title. Yeah, they are, Matt. A 2-0 win over Togonong United in their latest outing. Nevertheless, it was a tough match. Togonong put up a good fight, but ultimately O'Connor were the ones that prevailed against a determined Togonong outfit. You know, it was far from an ideal start for Togonong in this game as Regan Walsh executed a nice free kick up and over the wall to score into the corner of the net. But in saying that, Togonon worked really hard to get back into the match, albeit without their main man up front, Sam Walker. But all that hard work would fall short as Michael Adams converted from the penalty spot to make it 2-0 to the Knights in the second half in the 58th minute. O'Connor's magical season continues as they now sit seven points clear at the top of the table. But Tigers FC do have a match in hand in second place on the league standings, while Tuggeranong are edging closer and closer to avoiding relegation despite the loss in this game as they sit seventh on eight points. Matt, before we get into the round 18 fixtures, we obviously have Canberra Croatia up against Tigers FC, which is scheduled for Tuesday today of this podcast airing. So that should be scheduled a little later due to Canberra Croatia's Australian Cup match that we discussed at the top of the podcast. So do you want to get into the round 18 fixtures? Yeah, our... Fixtures start with a massive matchup. Tigers FC against Gungahlin United, Saturday, August 12th, 3 p.m. at AIS Grassfield 2. Then we have Tuggeran United against Canberra Olympic, Saturday, August 12th at Canberra 201. Then we have uh, Monaro Panthers against O'Connor Knights, Saturday, August 12th, 4.45 p.m. at the Riverside. And then on Sunday, Canberra Croatia against West Canberra Wanderers, Sunday, August 13th, 3 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. That's us wrapped up for MPL. Michael, uh, similarly to MPL, we have only three matches this week for MPLW due to a match being uh, rescheduled. We'll mention that just a little later. But we kicked off with a team in Gungahlin United that 
have gone to the top of the table. Uh, there are a couple of matches in hand for the teams under them, but Gungahlin United doing their bit. Uh, they're once again picking up form. Yeah, they are, and they're picking up form at the right time, Matt, especially as the season comes to an end towards finals. You know, the tale of this story was the excellent first-half display that Gunners put forward in this match, Matt. They scored three goals in the space of 17 first-half minutes to essentially wrap up the result for the away side. You know, despite the fact that Sharon Chow almost came close to scoring with a back heel, Taylor Wright scored the first goal of the game as she pounced on a ball between the ANU ANUW defenders before putting the ball into the back of the net. Gunners made it 2-0 four minutes later, courtesy of Chow scoring from a close-range effort from Ella Brown's cross. And despite some saves made by ANUW keeper Claire Joseph, Ginger Oliver made it 3-0 to the away side when she lobbed the keeper from outside the box. So a quite, quite great effort there for her to get on the score sheet and increase CUA's advantage at that point to 3-0 in the game. Like I said, they pretty much wrapped it up in the first half with that excellent first half showing. And the result means, Matt, like you said, they're top of the table for the first time this season. So it's a great feat for them. They're a single point ahead of second-placed Belconnen. And you mentioned the point uh, differential uh, and the games uh, in hand that still have a factor to play as the season goes on. And ANUW slipped to their 11th loss of the season and sits 7th on the competition ladder. Matt, do you want to get into our next match? Uh, we know the historical background of this clash. And it was the host, Belconnen, who came out with a win. It certainly was Belconnen with a huge victory against Canberra Croatia. 2-0. Both goals coming in the first half. First, a bit of team news going to this one. There was, there was quite a bit uh, when I was watching the start of it. So essentially, there was no, on the day, there was no Amy McLaughlin and Brittany Palombi for Croatia. No Dumos, uh, Sophia Dumos and uh, Maddie Steinacker for Belco. First start. I believe, uh, back for Bobbin and Legions uh, in first grade since they returned from uh, their holidays. But uh, Amy Bongiorno also received her first start of first grade this season as well, I believe. So there's quite a bit in this one. Kira Bobbin neatly uh, beat her marker before placing a looping cross to Hattie Cram at the near post, who once again did not waste her opportunity to score and give her side the lead. This is Cram's second goal in two matches and ninth for the season. So she is in some terrific form there down that left wing. Bobbin came off after 30 or so minutes, seemed to be a bit of a hamstring problem, which was meant, which is what they said on commentary. Hopefully that's nothing super serious there for her. Belko made it 2-0 in the 36th 6th minute as Cram whipped, uh, whipped across into the box. Uh, the ball came off Ewan before it rolled into the path of Talia Backhouse, who hit a cracking low shot for the left corner. Great strike there from the captain. This is her seventh goal of the MPLW campaign. Tough loss for Canberra Croatia as they now have not won in three matches. This means they are now in third place, two points behind first place Gungahlin and one point behind second place Belcon United. Uh, Belco have two matches in hand and they also lead 
uh, Olympic uh, by one point, but Olympic also have two matches in hand. So like I mentioned, great performance for Belconi United and they are once again hitting their stride at the right time of the season and only being one point off the top and having two matches in hand, that's exactly the position uh, they'd want to be in uh, at the moment. The future is in their hands. Uh, their fate is in their hands, sorry, as it stands at the moment. So a lot to look forward there in terms of the end of the season. Quite a few catch-up matches that need to be played. So uh, quite a bit will uh, be turning uh, besides just the regular rounds for the rest of the season there. Michael, who do we have last up? It was uh, quite an enthralling match just by the looks of the score there. Yeah, Matt. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. It was probably the most entertaining match out of all the games played across all the competitions in Canberra over the past weekend. It was Canberra United Academy 4 West Canberra Wanderers three, so Cochrane with two, Christopson with two for the hosts, and for West Canberra it was Hall with a double and Whitfield with the other goals. So Seaway put forward a dominant first period when Cochrane opened the scoring through her strike, finding the bottom corner of the net. A very good finish as well. Christopson doubled Seaway's advantage seven minutes later when she was played in by Cochrane in the six yard box to you know, essentially score a very easy and relatively uh, quick goal. You know, Seaway scored their th third goal, Matt, in the opening 33 minutes of the half to make it 3-0 when she uh, finished close in the box. Christopson again to get her second goal of the match and in the half and to obviously build a healthy 3-0 lead for Seaway, but... West Canberra weren't going away, Matt. And five minutes later, it was Hall who got on the score sheet thanks to scoring from a corner kick. So we've had a couple of those efforts this past weekend, which goes to show the sort of quality that's been produced from sort of those set pieces. And Hall's second goal uh, of the game came in the second half, Matt, when she produced a 35-metre chip to reduce the scoreline down to 3-2, which set up a great game. Like I mentioned, it looked like they were down and out at 3-0, but they really worked hard to claw themselves back into this contest. But before you knew it, CUA got breathing room that they would have been craving for when you know they had the 3-0 lead and then had been pegged back twice when Cochrane scored her second goal of the game in the 68th minute, which was served on a platter for her to put into the back of the net. West Canberra would have the last say in terms of goals in this match, though, Matt, when Sarah Whitfield scored a long-range goal, a very good strike to make it 4-3. So what an entertaining contest this was. Uh, absolutely amazing. In terms of the league table and where this leaves both teams, West Canberra obviously bottom of the league on eight points. Seaway at fifth on 23 points, Matt, but they're ninth sorry, nine points off fourth-placed Canberra Olympic. And like we've mentioned a few times, it's a bit of a cluster at the moment. Not every team has played the same amount of games. So there's clubs there that have played one or two games less or more than the others. 
So, nevertheless, a great result for CUA, who have had a very positive season, and I'm sure our good friend of the show, Matty Moore, would have enjoyed that as CUA coach. And, Matt, before you get into the round 18 fixtures for MPLW, Canberra Olympic versus Togadong United has been postponed to Thursday, August 31st, as of right now, so that may be subject to change, but... Our viewers will know when news comes out if that will in fact be the date or if it will be changed. So, Matt, what are the round 18 MPLW fixtures we have for this coming weekend? The MPL uh, round 18 kicks off at McKellar Park, Belconnie United against West Canberra Wanderers, Saturday, August 12th, 3 p.m., at, obviously at McKellar Park. Then we have ANUW against Canberra Olympics, Sunday, August 13th, 3 p.m. at ANU South Oval. Next up, Gungahlin United against Canberra United Academy, Sunday, August 13th, 3 p.m. at Gungahlin Enclosed Oval. Then we have Tugron United against Canberra Croatia, Sunday, August 13th, 3 p.m. at Canberra 201. All right, now we move on to CPL in our show, and we welcome back Chris Webby, our CPL experts. Good to have you back on the show, Webby. How have you been? What have you been up to? And some really good uh, results that we'll uh, get into over the course of the CPL action from the past weekend. Okay, thanks for having me back. Um, been well, not up to very much, and yeah, some very interesting results. Most definitely, we'll kick things off with the first game on our coverage for CPL, and that was Canberra White Eagles and Yulgali playing out a nil-nil draw. So a stalemate at Wodham Park enclosed, which does have some implications for the table on both sides towards the top and towards the bottom. You know, in context, Yulgali has scored more than 50 times this season. Uh for White Eagles, you know, to keep them scoreless is actually quite impressive when you consider how potent and threatening Yulgali have been in the attacking final third this season. You know, White Eagles did finish the match with 10 men as Ohio Ashakia was shown a straight red card 40 minutes from time. So they sort of had to dig deep and hold on White Eagles and they managed to do that to come away with a point. In terms of the table, though, despite the draw, White Eagles now three points off Canberra Juventus in seventh as the latter got a big big victory as we'll sort of break down and discuss in further detail a little bit further into this segment for CPL. But nevertheless, it's, uh, you know, it's going to come right down to the wire uh, between particularly... Canberra White Eagles and Canberra Juventus. Yugali's gap on Quebian has closed uh, closer as well due to the latter's victory and this draw. So the gap is now four points with Quebian still having a match in hand. So again, we're in for an exciting race to the end of the season, whereas maybe a few fair few weeks ago, the race didn't look as close and as competitive as what it is now, but it's really starting to heat up, isn't it, Webby? So, you know, a stalemate in this game. And what did you make of the result in terms of, obviously, I mentioned what it means for both of these 
clubs moving forward, you know, in particular White Eagles who are obviously trying to avoid the drop? Yeah, look, very interesting. But again, probably on recent, very recent form, not all that surprising. Um, White Eagles, have, while they haven't been picking up points, they're, they're uh, kind of the way they've been playing out, some of those games have actually been reasonably good. They've been quite competitive. Um, you know, I think uh, Dayan and, and Chris McEwen have kind of partnered up in, in centre back there and they've been quite assured and, and, made them a much harder, you know, not to crack that team and giving them a little bit of confidence in there. And, you know, that was always going to be hard for a team like Udali to travel there. And I think that they were missing Joe Priest and he's such a vital part of, of their cog. His kind of um, connection with Darren Bailey is just fantastic. So without Joe Priest there, it's, 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 a big, it's a big loss in there. And so, you know, while I think everyone would have expected Udali to, to come away with the three points. New is not that surprising, but as you said, it has huge ramifications um, to to what's going on. You know, I think we talked about it when I was last on. You know, I think I said, you know, the title's probably over for a number of teams, but I kind of did say that, look, I think Queanbeyan are going to give Vigali a race. I probably didn't think they'd give him this much of a race this quickly, but um, it's, it's really heated up now. So, and on the other side, look, White Eagles, again, you know, whenever they pick up points, it's crazy. Whenever they pick up points, Juventus seem to also pick up points. So they just can't kind of get themselves in front. And, you know, they pick up one and we'll get to it. Juventus pick up three. So while a great result for White Eagles, they actually slip further behind in, in that relegation race. So a lot of pressure mounting on them. Yeah, uh, yeah, Angelo Zaris is back from his overseas mid-season trip, which people seem to take a fair bit. And um, I think that that will, that will help with White Eagles' confidence a lot coming into this last, um, you know, think, what is there, four games, five games left. And, you know, they're extremely vital now for White Eagles and what it means for them as a club. So um, it's come back at the right stage and it'll be a, a huge race for them. Absolutely, Webby. Uh, it's you know it, it's going to come right down uh, to the wire. A fantastic um, spectacle, I think, is on the horizon for how this CPL season is going to finish up. But nevertheless, we'll move on to the next match, Matt, where it was a huge result for the away team in this one. It certainly was, and Webby alluded to it there, and you did as well, Michael. Canberra, Juventus winning the battle of the black and white stripes. I think I'm the only one calling it that. 3-2 uh, against Wagga City Wanderers. Wagga were the only ones to score in the first half with Jake Plongis scoring just before halftime in the 40th minute, taking the momentum into the sheds. Uh, Juventus keeper Jason Denham, though, also made a uh, double penalty save before halftime as well. The momentum would immediately switch as the visitors went on a rampage, scoring twice in the opening four minutes of the second stanza. A brace from uh, striker Nathan Duck. Wagga struck, uh, struck back to level the scores at 2-2 as Jake Plonges completed his brace. This is Plonges's 
13th goal of the season, which levels him with teammate Morris Cazzola as tied third in the CPL goal-scoring charts. In dramatic fashion, in the dying minutes of the match, Juventus scored the winner in the 93rd minute as Nathan Duck completed his hat-trick. This is Duck's 11th goal of the CPL campaign. Overall, though, tough loss for Wagga as they now drop to fourth place, one point behind second place Belco and only lead ANU and the Brindies by one point just below them. So in terms of form, Wagga is hitting uh, a few losses and uh, drop points at the wrong time as they have not won in three matches now. Juventus, as we mentioned, huge victory for them. Well fought to come uh, back from going down uh, before half time and to score late, very late on, to get that win when it looked like a draw was on the horizon. Uh, it's big for them because it does mean that they extend their lead over last place White Eagles to three points, which could be pivotal at season's end. We'll have to wait and see on this one. This is also Juve's first victory since round 12. So well done, well done to Juve overall for this victory. We sort of mentioned it before, Webby. But uh, what are your thoughts on this one for Juve? And in terms of Wagga, they're uh, dipping in form at the wrong time of the season. Yeah, look, it's it's pretty much a mirror of the game before. Um, you know, Wagga, similar to Yagali, were having a, a real purple patch and both of them have taken a bit of a dip at the just at the wrong time. And, and similarly, Juventus has had quite a little bit of a, a splurge just the last couple of games and um, they're picking up uh, Caleb, Caleb Rua is a really big pickup for them mid-season he adds you know, a lot of dynamism out wide and um, you know it's it, it's a huge win and um, just creates that little bit of space um, between them and White Eagles Ugali Regardless, uh, regardless of the form, Wagga is a very difficult place to go and play. They're very good at home. Um, you know, they know that pitch very well. They they usually get reasonably good um, crowd out there to support them. The the question, the refereeing is always interesting out in out in Wagga. So um, to go out there and and um, score three goals, um, it, I think it's a really good result for. For Juve, I heard that they played extremely well and created a lot of chances. And, um, you know, Ducky's a fantastic striker. You know, I used to have him with me a long, long time ago. And he's probably lost a, a yard of pace or two, but um, he still knows how to find the back of the net. And, you know, 90th minute pressure on, he's the kind of guy you want to, to have that last chance for you. So um, really good result. Similar as you said, look, Ugali kind of worked. At once, uh, Wagga, sorry, I keep mixing him up. Wagga were really in that race for the title at one stage, and now, uh, you know, and and a kind of almost a shoe in for finals. Now they are in a huge four way battle for two spots. So, um, you know, nothing is assured anymore. It's it's going to be very very tough um, for those four teams, and you know what, a single point separates all four of them. That. Uh, Probably Wago have got the the worst form out of those four teams, so they are uh, they'll probably be a 
people a bit worried from where they've come from to where they are now. And look, not making finals will be a huge disappointment for them, um, especially what they did at the back end of last year and then pretty much the start of this year. You really would have um, kind of put money on them making finals with, you know, Gonzalo and Plongy scoring goals for fun. But, you know, it's a tough league and you've got to stay consistent. Yeah, it certainly will be interesting. And Wagga and Queenbian both do have that match in hand still to play. So that does throw a spanner into the work. So we'll wait and see how that one uh, turns out. It, it'll most likely, when it does get played, it'll most likely be very pivotal for both sides uh, in Queenbian's race for the title and in Wagga's race for that top four. So we mentioned that quite a bit, but uh, it will be pivotal. Michael, who do we have next up? It, it was another big match in terms of that top four race that we've been mentioning uh, today. Yeah, that's right, match. Matt, sorry, not match. Your name's not match, it's Matt. Uh, Brindabella Blues up against Belconnen United. One piece in this one. Ward on the score sheet for Brindabella and Belconnen United. It was Tunney, so... Both of their goals came within the space of two second half minutes. So it was a goal of uh, first half that sparked, you know, a fiery start to the second half for both sides. Jamie Ward opened the scoring for Brindabella Blues in the 48th minute. This is his third goal of the CPL campaign. But Belconnen, they didn't take long to fire back in this match as they leveled the scoring two minutes later in the 50th minute through Hayden Tunney. The draw for Brindies means they missed the opportunity opportunity to jump into the top four and leapfrog Belco this round as they remain two points off them. However, they remain very close as they are only one point off fourth-placed Wagga. Belconnen, on the other hand, they did overtake Wagga into third place by one point. There is only two points between third and sixth, which goes to show just how close and competitive everything is in terms of the top four race. And, you know, it's going to continue to get more exciting as we near the end of the season, which I've mentioned quite a few times already in this CPL segment. But Webby, what were your thoughts on this result? Uh, obviously a tightly contested match, not really too much uh, to separate either side. And that was the case with, the 1-1 draw, but an entertaining game nevertheless, and it has implications on, obviously, the top four race. Yeah, look, um, similarly, we're just kind of that theme of form. These are probably two of the most informed teams in, in the league. Um, you know, Belconnen kind of picked up a number of wins in the last few rounds. They had a loss to ANU in there, but outside of that, they picked up quite a number of wins, while Brenda Bellard, have had some absolutely amazing results the last kind of four or five weeks. They've uh, beaten Ugali, they've drawn with Queenbian, they've beaten ANU. So they're coming and um, think, you know, they might have beaten White Eagles as well. They're coming on to exceptional form. So this was always going to be a really good clash of two reasonably informed teams. And, and as we said, two teams absolutely fighting for, uh, you know, those last two final spots. So, um uh, pretty much, you know, you wouldn't have been surprised if either either team came out victorious. So you're definitely not surprised with a one or draw there. And um, 
yeah, it's uh, this is kind of what Brinda Bella did last year. They really started picking up their form at the end of the season, and we saw them go all the way to the final. So, you know, is this again part of Ray's master plan? Well, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we definitely will see, Webby, that's for sure. Uh, Matt, do you want to get into our last match for CPL action? What an entertaining contest it was out in Queanbeyan. It certainly was. Queanbeyan picking up a massive victory, 3-2 over ANU. And Queanbeyan got themselves off to a pivotal start as they scored the opening goal through uh, Gab AUL. Uh, netting in the 21st minute. Rory Spears leveled the scoring for his side in ANU at a crucial point in the match just before halftime in the 41st minute. Uh, this was Spears' eighth goal of the season. However, just when it looked like it was going to be going in 1-1 at the break, Queenbian struck back via star, uh, star striker Nico Abbott as he scored deep into stoppage time to give his side the lead and momentum heading into that second stanza. Abbott scored once again in the 70th minute to give his side 3-1 lead heading into the closing stages of the match. This is Abbott's 15th goal of the CPL campaign, which places him at second in the goal-scoring charts, only one goal behind leader Darren Bailey. ANU struck back to make it 3-2 one minute before stoppage time to set up a nervy ending for Queanbeyan. However, the home side saw out the match for a crucial victory. Similarly to what we said about Wagga, ANU are dropping points at the wrong time of the season, having not won now in three matches. They uh, both, uh, sorry, they they still remain within touching distance of the top four, only being one point off. Huge win for Queenbean, as, as I've mentioned a few times, as they close the gap on Ugali, they are now only four points off them with a match in hand, as I previously mentioned against Wagga. So form is hitting Queanbeyan at the right time of the season and they now have the momentum on their side. Uh, once again, this ending for the CPL season is setting up to be electric. Webby, I mentioned it there, Queanbeyan, the in-form team at the moment and ANU dropping points at the wrong time of the season, even though they're still obviously in the race. Yeah, look, and again, the theme continues. Queanbeyan in fantastic form and, you know, while we saw Yigali with a, with a quite a big gap ahead of them, it didn't really phase them and they've just kind of put their head down and just worked their way to a road match. And, you know, I think it's four points at the moment, but they've got a game in hands. They win that and, you know, they bang right into that race. Um, and really, from that this point on, I'd say it's a 50-50, 50-50 race. When, when, you know, last time I was here, I said that there was a race on, but, I, you know, you would have caught it as 75-25 kind of thing. Now it's it's head-to-head, -head, so it's anyone's game to go through. And, you know, while Ugali have slight advantage on points, Queenbeyan have the advantage on their form coming into it. So um, it's, it's, it's a massive, massive effort from them, you know, um, Goran's done a really good job with that squad and yeah, the, the strike power that they've got there with Gabby Ayo and, um, and Nico and yeah, there's there's still about four or five 
guy, Sassar Farage, I heard had a cracking game as well, and he's an absolutely quality player. So they've got attacking quality everywhere. Um, solid in the midfield. Connor Nolan's a really big um, add in there as well. So they're going to be a very tough team to beat. You know, ANU, as we know, is extremely talented, um, but I think Queanbeyan were deserved winners. And and on that ANU side, it's it's just something that they – it's a bit different place that ANU have been in. They they had a really poor year in that, that COVID random year where we only played 10 games and, you know, it was a bad year for them. But other than that, they have been, you know, the ultimate consistent performers for – not just two or three years, but eight or nine years. So this is a this is a bit of a, a blip for them. So it's going to show kind of what they're made of to to be able to turn this around. Um, kind of talking about it, you know. Again, it's I'll I'll blow my own horn to say the last time I was on, I kind of said I think it's a, a two horse race for for the title. Four four horses in for the last two finals positions at a two horse race for. For relegation, and it is clearly shaped up to that now. It's uh, as we said, you know, a point at the top, a point separating the middle four, and a, and you know, one or two points at the bottom. Three weeks ago, I would have said ANU and probably uh, Wagga were the, the more likely of the two of those four to get those two spots. Now I'd probably say the form is with uh, Brenda Bella and and Belconnen and. ANU are going to have to really dig deep to, to nab one of those two final spots. Same with Wagga. Um, you know, Wagga, as we said, have got that game in hand up their sleeve, but it's against a raring Queebian, so you can't really count too many too many points there. So, look, it's going to be really, really tough. And um, big test for, for Tom, how he managed. He's got this enormous squad, um, and it's always tough to manage an enormous squad when – when things aren't going quite right, because then you start questioning all your decisions. Am I, am I playing the right people here? You know, am I, who have I left on the bench? Should they be in here? Where should they be playing? And, and it makes those things just that little bit harder. There's certainly a lot of questions that will be answered in the final rounds of the regular season. And we've mentioned how we are going to have a great ending to this season. It continues next week in round 18. Michael, what are those fixtures for round 18? Kick things off with Wagga City Wanderers up against Brindabella Blues, Saturday, August 12th, 2.15pm at Gissing Oval. We then have Canberra Juventus up against ANU, Saturday, August 12th, 3pm at Ainsley Field 2. Canberra White Eagles will take on Queanbeyan City. That will be a huge, huge game between those two sides. Saturday, August 12th, 3 p.m. at Woden Parking closed. Before finally we finish things off with Yulgali up against Belconnen United. Sunday, August 13th, 1.30 p.m. at Solomad Stadium. So some plenty of games to look forward to in CPL action. There certainly is. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. This has been episode 90. Before we head off, we'll get everyone to sign off first. Michael, uh, any last thoughts before we head off? And uh, since the Matildas match will be tonight as of, it'll be for, uh, as of Tuesday, the match will have already happened. 
Let's uh, make ourselves maybe look foolish and uh, get a prediction in there. Michael, what are you saying for the Matildas-Denmark match tonight as of this recording? Okay. I'm going to say 2-1 to the Matildas. I think it'll be close. I, I don't think it'll be as convincing as what they displayed against Canada, just because it's at this stage of the World Cup now in the knockout stage. I think it's going to be a pretty close game, but I've got the Matildas just edging it and I can see both teams getting on the score sheet. So I'm going to say 2-1. I'm going to say 2-1 as well, but in extra time for the Matildas. That's me. Webby? Um, Everybody that knows me knows how pessimistic I am when it comes to football. Um, It's what you get for being a Newcastle supporter for (laughs) 30-odd years. Uh, I just have this bad feeling that the men's team have done Denmark over in two World Cups in a row that it's Denmark's turn to return the favour here but I'm going to go Matildas on penalties on penalties well we did see that drama yesterday with the one of the most amazing sweetly going moments I've ever watched that shootout last night and how good were the majority of those penalties? That oh, was absolute quality. Quality, quality is phenomenal until they all started missing. But the yeah, ones until that they went started in, missing. But... The ones that went in were mm. outrageously good. They certainly were. Webby, any last thoughts before you head off today? I uh, know. Look, I hope the Matildas get up. I'm, I'm pumped. But um, no, and look, good luck to everyone in the CPL uh, this weekend. Some really big matches that will, you know. Four weeks to go, things will start kind of playing out now and, and we'll have a better picture probably only the next two weeks to see really what's going on. We certainly will. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. That was episode 90 of the Canberra Football Show. Enjoy your weekend and most importantly, enjoy the football. <laughs>